0: Bart, I've asked him not to whistle that annoying tone.
1: Yo everybody and welcome back once again. To Simpsons is greater than a podcast where we talk all about every single detail possible about everybody's favorite nuclear family and I am pretty confident that by now you know I'm talking about the Simpsons as always I'm your host Warren better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness You might know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, when you're done with this episode, if you could please just find the time to do me one small favor, slide over to the Instagram or the Twitter and check it out. I do not think you'll be disappointed. But if you read the title of this episode, you know that it's not a regular episode. It's a QA, which means I brought back the wonderful, the handsome, the fantastic, the magnificent, Botter Milligan. How you doing, Botter? Oh my God. You know, is that for
0: me? Is <laughs> yeah, that for me. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. Since it's a greater than fan base, please, 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 guys. <laughs> Got, all right. All right, all uh, right yeah, right, yeah, right.
1: yeah. Botter. Yeah, I want everyone to know Botter's hitting a button to do that. Okay. See, look, like it stopped. All right.
0: Uh, no. How you doing, Botter? Welcome back, man. You I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I am excited to be back. Um, this is what my second podcast I've recorded uh, this year so far. So damn. You know, just getting out of vacation mode. Um, but but I'm ready for it. In the words of our boy. Bart Simpson. Up and at them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I loaded the wrong, <laughs> the wrong sound bump. But you know what? Well, in, in the I words actually, of
1: Bart Simpson, here's Rainier Wolfcastle yeah, 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 as yeah,
0: Radioactive yeah. Man. I actually do enjoy that
1: one a little more because it's so funny. Up and at them. I'm going to leave it in. I'm going to leave all that in. And it goes, you know, I should mention that uh, this is the first time since the Halloween special, which was, I think, the last time Botter was on that we recorded in the Short Box Studio. So I want to give it up for the Short Box Studio. Hey. Uh, it's always nice to get together in person with my
0: main man, Botter
1: here and record an episode.
0: You know what? I, I I let me go and turn on some of the um the, the sensual lighting, you know, really get in the mood while you Oh, I
1: I would love for you to do that. And everyone <laughs> at home just sort of imagine what that's like. I'll take a
0: pick. I'll take a pick.
1: Yeah, just imagine what that's like if you're if you're at home. Uh so like I said, you know, this is this is a and a episode. I know that some time ago, uh I said that these were going to be monthly and apparently that is something that I <laughs> Uh, just wasn't able to work into the schedule properly. But if you like these episodes, and, and based on the response, it seems like a lot of you do. If you enjoy these Q and A episodes, or, or just episodes with Botter in general, or episodes that sort of break the interview format, uh, reach out to me and let me know. Uh, you know, I just I just like to hear how you guys feel about these sort of things that we're doing. Uh, and I also want to say, you know, I've been busy with other projects, and that is the main reason uh, why there hasn't been an episode in a little bit. You know, the holidays. Some scheduling issues that I won't really get into, and some you know some sort of exciting stuff uh, that I will also be vague about. Uh, But if you go back to episode, I believe it's twenty seven, where I talked to Robert Getz, and we talk a little bit about Simpsons collecting, and you know maybe books that reference Simpsons collecting. uh, And that's all I will say. So maybe there's something in the works with another guest that's not that guest. Uh, that might be related to that. Did I do a good job of tippy toeing around that botter, or do you think that people are going to be very confused by what I just said?
0: Uh, most of them are probably going to be like, wow, that was the worst preview and um, hint I've ever heard in my life.
1: <laughs> I have to agree, but you can all use your imagination. Uh, but there is something fun that you will hear about very soon and that will explain some of why I've been busy and, and so will, you know, some other stuff. But, uh, so I, I trust that all of you are, are being patient and you understand, and I appreciate that even if you secretly don't and you secretly are pissed off about it. Uh, so with that in mind, the podcast might slow down just a little bit, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to stop making episodes, uh, but it might not be every single week sometimes, but you know, just keep your eyes peeled for for that. Um, so, Botter, before we get into questions, which is the main reason we're here, uh, since this is a new year and this is the first episode of 2022, uh, happy new year, everybody. How would you say 2021 was for you overall? Any highlights for you?
0: Anything that stands out? You know what, man? the i mean granted, it it did decide to sh- uh, show its ass uh, the the last you know month <laughs> of the year uh you know which which poses its own challenges but as i'm going through my um my my 2021 photo album I you know I can't even be mad at it man I had I had a lot of um had a lot of good times I, you know did a live show for the short box podcast absolutely um went to Belize managed to you know fit in a trip wow. among all that madness um launched another podcast much to the detriment of my free time and sanity a music <laughs> podcast at that next spin uh, yeah, yo,
1: let's let's do a little plug ooh, for Next please. Spin
0: real quick because everyone, you know,
1: if you're into record collecting or you know anything having to do, I, I would say with newer music or or even classic music, just if you like listening to people get together and sort of just talk about what they're listening to, whether it's new or old soundtracks, you know, any of that uh, next spin is a, is, is great. So, I mean, we should, uh, we should definitely put that in the show notes. Uh, everyone should be checking that out. You
0: no, know, I appreciate the plug, man. Um, so launched that music uh, podcast next spin, uh, did some rearranging of the house. I mean, I've, I've spent more time um, at home than in the last two years than I think I've ever done in a lifetime. <laughs> so that decided to like, you know, Re energized the house. You know, I got the, some new feng shui in and I'm all into kind of like moving things around, switching it up. Um, but overall, dude, like, like very productive. I mean, as far as like podcast stuff goes, Shortbox had maybe its best year in regards to like episode downloads and, you know, guests and, and doing, you know, just recording. So um, I ain't too mad at, I'm not too mad at 2021 and I'm, I'm curious to see how I can top it this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, without going too far in, into, you know, the downside of the last couple of years because, I mean, everybody has to hear enough about that, but, you know, it, it presents a lot of interesting challenges, but it also I think it makes you a little more appreciative of the good moments uh, in these times. And I also think that, you know, as we learn to deal with everything going on uh, currently and moving forward, I, I think it's going to give us all some interesting perspective on. The, you know, the good and the bad. So, I, you know, I, like you and, and sort of similar to your answers. I wrote down a couple uh, highlights for me. Uh, well, I guess they're not similar to yours, but I wrote down some stuff. Uh, and one of those being, you know, the vaccine. You know, I'm thankful for the vaccine. It's something I haven't talked about a lot on the podcast, but um, as someone who recently got COVID, uh, and I, I, I am thankful that that exists because I believe that it is the reason, uh, along with the booster, why uh, I am totally fine after just, you know, a couple of weeks. So, you know, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for life feeling somewhat more normal in 2021 than it did in 2020. Time, um, big time. 2020 was just awful. We don't have to talk about yeah, that. It was dreadful. Um, just horrible. I will say, you know, Simpsons is greater than there was a lot of growth, uh, a lot of new people listening. Um, A lot, you know, a lot of good things happening with that. So I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for everyone listening to this now, uh, no matter, you know, if it's the week it was released or if you're listening to this six months in the future, I appreciate you. Uh, I did some cool giveaways over on the Bard of Darkness Instagram. I did stuff with Igloo, Kid Robot. I even sponsored my own Makeup Revolution giveaway. So some were partnered with the companies, some were just through me, but I really enjoy meeting new people and doing giveaways and, and just sort of sharing stuff with people through the Instagram. Uh, I did do some traveling myself for the first time in over a year. I went to Michigan to see some friends. Mm. I went to Los Angeles for a week. Uh, you know, just some a few other little Superstar things here and there. Superstar status, man. Superstar hey, you status. know, I went to L.A. I might have hung out with, a, <laughs> with some Simpsons <laughs> people. You know, I mean, who knows? You know, I don't know. But really, really fun. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I did some traveling. That was great. Uh, Overall, a pretty okay year, all things considered. I, I don't have a lot to complain about. Well, that's a lie. I could complain about a lot of stuff, but then I would waste this podcast talking about idiots. So, uh, you know, it, all things considered, not a bad year.
0: You know what? I, I gave myself the shameless round of applause, but I, I think you deserve a round of applause for that year you had. Thank you. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it cuts off really early. Yeah, right? I, I appreciate the but, sudden know, stop. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Just fade out, you know, just do a little fade out, a little editing and parts, right? <laughs> uh,
1: well, you know, we're talking about highlights of, of 2021. So I will go ahead uh, and give a, a, a highlight for well, I guess there, this would also be a highlight for 2021, but also of 2022 already. And that is the Super 7 Simpsons toys. So back in September, um, I believe it was September they released the first wave. Uh, which was really awesome. I immediately grabbed those, uh, mostly because Super Seven didn't respond to my messages where I tried to get them for free. Uh, but I'm really stoked on that, and apparently so were they, and so was everyone else because it's January and they've already dropped a wave two. Uh, did you see these, Botter?
0: Um, you know, I yes, yes, I did. I saw the initial uh, post on Instagram that you sent me where it was the teaser post where it made you believe that it was maybe going to be Radioactive Man themed. Or something like that. Yeah. And I really
1: thought it was. I, I, so anyone that didn't see the spoilers, there were two. There was a, a oh, picture, same. there was a picture of a box of Krusty-O's, mm. uh, with the jet, ja- you know, with the jagged metal Krustios. So it's like, ah, coming soon, uh, which obviously you see that and you go, oh, they're going to make Bart. Uh, and then a few days later, they posted another one, which was uh, a photo of the, the remains of a Radioactive Man comic in a bird nest, just like the end of Three a Comic Books. So then me and several other people were like, oh, well, clearly they're going to make Bart Millhouse. Maybe they're going to make Radioactive Man. Maybe they're going to make Comic Book Guy. Um, it turns out that was not the case. Although if you're listening to the Super 7, I definitely think you need to make Uh, a radioactive man and a comic book guy. Uh, But they did come out with four new figures for pre-order. We have Bartman, which I mean, come on, you know, I'm stoked about a Bartman (laughs) botter. Come on. Uh, He's not wearing the blue shirt, which I'm a little sad about, but that's okay. Uh, We got Krusty, which I did guess. I did predict a Krusty. Uh, We got Duffman. And then talk about a fucking curveball. We got Hank Scorpio. Hank Scorpio, uh, you know, a, a favorite of fans. But never in my life did I expect to see another Hank Scorpio figure. They made one for Playmates, but making a new one, especially like a high-end one like this, really surprised me. What did you think about that, Botter?
0: Well, I feel like 2021 was kind of like the year of Jeff Bezos really becoming the giant super villain, So this (laughs) makes sense that they were like, let's just drop a a Hank Scorpio. Yeah. But what I didn't notice, uh, and I'm pulling up like a a Bleeding Cool article, um, because I'm just curious about some of the... um, Like if they, they showed any other pictures, and surprisingly, on my part at least... Uh, did they post any of these like pictures with like the accessories and all this other stuff? They did. Okay, so so, so
1: they didn't post them on their actual Instagram. But if you go to the store, mm. um,
0: when you pre order, yeah, stuff, that like it, it
1: shows you like a breakdown of everything. And for those who don't know, and I, I did talk about this uh, a few episodes ago, when I had uh, my friend Dave Cantorero, the Simpsons man on he, you know, we talked about how there's some sort of misconception about these toys by some collectors where they're like surprised that they're expensive and this and that. But these are, these are higher end figures. These are not just like the little reaction figures. Uh, And as Botter is is looking at now, they come with multiple heads, Mm. multiple hands, multiple accessories. So you can like pose these and do whatever you want with them. And even if that's not your thing, these are going to be really nice. These are not just like, you know, these are not your run of the mill, like toy aisle toys from target. Uh these are these are really nice. So I you know, I'm excited to see like I'm excited to get that first wave in the mail, which I I'm assuming I'm not gonna have for a few more months still. Uh but I think, you know, like I said then, these are gonna be some of the best toys that they've made uh in fifteen years, easily. Uh definitely the best thing coming out right now, I think.
0: So fifty five bucks a pop. And then two twenty for the the whole set of four. Yeah, fifty five bucks a pop for I think this level of articulation, this level, this many um, accessories. Because I mean. Let- you kind of get two figures in one. Let's be like a, yeah. a, a figure and a half. Let's be real. Yeah. Bartman comes with Santa's Little Helper. Duffman comes with. I'm not familiar with that. Th- that dog. Which one's that one? That uh, Santa's it, Little Helper.
1: It's Santa's Little Helper. But and this is embarrassing on my part. But I was trying to remember what they call him in the episode. It's sort of a. It's sort of a riff on the. The old uh, Budweiser dog, ah. uh, which I believe was named Spuds McKenzie. Am I making that up? Uh, <laughs> no, so that s- right. something like that. Uh, and so they, the Santa's Little Helper in that set, is from an episode. Uh, where he sort of becomes like a famous dog for Duff, and, I, and I'm blanking on the name, but I'm sure people are screaming at me through their phones or computers or whatever right now, but so, excited so, to see that.
0: So you, see, so you get another Santa's Little Helper. Uh, Hank Scorpio comes with a jetpack that, for the most part, should count as another figure. It's huge. <laughs> Krusty comes with Teeny. Teenie, yep. uh, so that's pretty rad, which I won't lie. I think out of all of these, you would think I'd be most excited for Bartman, but I'm kind of torn between getting Duffman or Krusty the Clown because oh, yeah. Krusty the Clown comes with his robe yep, and Krusty O's i and a microphone. It's pretty sick. I'm very,
1: very stoked on the Krusty. Uh, in fact, if you go back to that episode I'm talking about uh, with the Simpsons man and where we talked about these, I'd said in that episode, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to listen back. Dave also was like, it would be really cool to get a Hank Scorpio. Uh, which we did. And I also was like, I want to see a Krusty, which we did. So, you know, Super 7, if you are listening, uh, just stop ignoring my emails. Come on the podcast. Let me talk to whoever pitched this idea. Let me talk to someone from from your organization about these toys. Uh, that would be really fun. And I promise you, I'm not stalking you. I'm just begging <laughs> you to please come on. Uh, but no, I, I think these are great. And you know, if you didn't get the first wave, I do feel bad for you, if I'm being honest, because they're gone. You, people mm. people that saw this post were like, oh man, I want to get these other ones, but they're not on the website. Well, they, pre-orders are
0: open for a yo, month. Look, as someone who, I'll say this about last year, I really got into um, Marvel Legends, you know, the, the Hasbro toys. And yeah. oh my God, yo, super. yo, real quick, uh, 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 you know, quick little uh, divergent. Do it. Super 7 has a Spongebob Band Geeks figure. They do. And it is... Wow, all right. Uh, why yeah, did I come on this website? I, I just want to say, uh, again,
1: th- I have no affiliation Yo. with Super 7, but they are killing it right now. How are you not going to send me this biggie
0: figure? They got? I, I mean... Are you serious? I mean... All right, let me get off this, because yeah. I, I will drop two. Right, anyways, what I was trying to say is... <laughs> damn, these are some good-ass figures. But as someone who got into Marvel Legends last year... Man, I have missed out. And it's one of those things where it's like, I guess you just don't think like toys are going to sell out like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm just going to wait until it hits Target. And, that's, and there's been a few figures where I'm, I had that mentality and I've missed out. And the secondary market, is bananas it's bonkers it's it'll piss you off if you're like a a a collector so i try to um what what i do now is i've actually signed up for the email blast anytime like a new wave comes out and i am on that like hot cake like i'm like yo i I need this now because what ends up happening is you're gonna pay at least double at least double if not triple yeah the amount i can only imagine what that when that first wave hits Oh, yeah. For those that are <laughs> like, oh, hurt. you know, I, I can't justify paying $55. And I get that. Uh, yeah, I understand. Like,
1: I but you also don't want to pay $110 uh, when some mm. jerk tries to resell them on, you know, uh, some, some website. So if, if any of these, you know, whether it's just Bartman or just Krusty or just Duffman or just Hank Scorpio, which, you know, you got to think that being so niche, there's got to be someone that's like, okay, I'm just going to buy the Hank Scorpio. Uh, it, whether it's all or one of them, go ahead and get it before while you have time i think i think they're open until either the end of january or mid february you know go double check that but as you're listening to this pull it up on your phone check them out uh and these are big figures i believe they're like 6 to 7 inches um so you're not you're not buying some little you know tiny piece of crap you're buying some really nice toys. But uh, yeah. yeah, so Super 7, shout out to them. Shout out to uh, those new figures. I'm really, really stoked. Uh, I sent Botter a screenshot. I mean, I bought them literally five minutes after they were up. So, you know, I had to just go ahead and get that. Um, so the packaging I'm, is nice. It's it's all very nice. And, uh, and, and also, the last thing I'll say before we move on, because we do have questions to answer, <laughs> uh, uh, go to their Instagram and find the video where they sort of show the original prototypes and talk about what they can do and sort of like give you a better look at them if you're not sold after that um, then I don't think you will want them so go check that
0: out and here, wait, this is the last thing I'll, I'll add to it is that this is welcome to the super <laughs> 7 podcast um, real quick I because I noticed that um, Marvel Legends has it too and I'm always like I'm always tempted to almost do it but they've always got like the you know paying full yeah. or 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 we know times is a little hard. Four interest-free installments. I'm saying (laughs) thirteen dollars, yo. And that, and and, hey, uh,
1: sometimes, sometimes you're having a tough
0: week. Yeah, if If you if you ever needed that last or that last devil on your shoulder telling you, I mean, you can afford $20 yeah, a week. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So so yeah, everyone go check that out. Uh, you can thank me later when they come in the mail and mm-hmm. you're very stoked. But Botter, right. what do you say we we roll into the whole point of this episode, which is uh, our first Q&A in eight months or something, uh, and let's answer some questions from the listeners.
0: All right, let's do it, man. You got a, a whole ton of them, man. Apparently, the listeners... Where um they were they were looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, I was stoked to see the response, and and again, I'm I don't think I'm going to get to every question, but I'm going to try. Uh, so shout out to everyone that submitted. Let's hit that first one.
0: All right, so this one comes from The Simpsons Man. Hey, yeah, uh, I was just talking about you, Dave. There you are. All right. Well, Dave writes, what are your top 3 favorite Simpsons pieces in your entire collection and what are three pieces that you're dying to get but can't find? So, I'm I'm mostly going to answer the the first part of that because,
1: you know, I've talked about in other episodes like some of the things that I that I want and can't seem to find. I mean, the save Blinky Bart uh is is at the top of that list, you know, certain prototypes. Uh, that's a really hard list to make because there's just so many I, I guess I would say there's so many grail pieces for me that it's really hard to narrow that down to a to a top three list, you know. Uh, as far as favorite Simpsons pieces, I, I gave this a little bit of thought. I walked around the room and you know, like with anything, I think that changes all the time. I mean, I think that rarely could I give you a three, rarely could I answer and give you three things that are my favorite. And that be the same if you ask me in two weeks or whatever. So I really just sort of looked around and was like, you know, what things have I been paying extra close attention to uh, recently as I've been doing some work on the room? And uh, this is what I landed on. So there's a ceramic container made in 1990 where uh, Bart is laying on the couch with his slingshot. It was made by Harry James uh, from the UK, and Harry James made a lot. You know, Harry James is the company. It's not a guy named Harry James, at least I don't think so. I'm sure he started it, but uh, they made a ton of cool ceramic stuff, not just for The Simpsons. And they did a lot of coin banks and and every little Harry James piece sort of looks a little different. Like they're all like they look hand painted because I've had. More than one of a couple of them, and they never look exactly the same, which I think is a really cool quality, especially for something, you know, made in 1990, made that early into the show. Uh, and especially since all that stuff, Bart's wearing a blue shirt, like it was right at the beginning. Uh, and this is more of like a, you know, like you'd put your, you know, some change or car keys in this. It's a really good size. Um and I just love that piece. I did get it somewhat recently. I think I got it this year, and it seemingly took me forever to find one because, again, it's from the UK. They don't pop up on American eBay a lot. Mm. So I was really stoked to get that. Um, people that follow the podcast also, or people that follow the Instagram, I should say, uh, I guess some of you are uh, do both, uh, you saw me make a big deal out of this uh, giant wristwatch by a company called Xeon. Uh, and when I say giant, I mean this thing is the size of a wall clock but it is meant to look like a wristwatch. Like, I mean, this thing has got to be, I mean, I think you've seen it botter. easily, what, like four feet long. It's like bigger than a skateboard.
0: It definitely, Uh, uh, it wouldn't fit even my ankles. Yeah, (laughs) it's a
1: huge, like the the middle piece of the watch is the size of like a, you know, a pretty standard wall clock, a little bigger than like a, you know, a vinyl record or a little smaller than a vinyl record. Uh, And then the, you know, it has the appropriate sized, straps to go with that as if, you know, as if a giant were we're buying a watch. Uh, And I just really love that piece. It has, you know, Bart on the middle the whole family up and down the straps. Uh, And that is a rare and special piece. In fact, maybe we talked about this in another uh, Q&A, but I got like, some guff in the comments where people are like, I can't believe you opened that. That piece is so rare. Uh, to which, you know, whether I said it then, I'll say it now, like it's my collection and I can do whatever the fuck I want. Uh, but I do understand that. I felt that way before, but trust me, this thing is beautiful. It was worth opening up. Mm. Um Next, I also, you know, sp- stick to the UK. I-, I don't think Xeon is a UK company, but it might be. Uh, but two of these are from the UK, which I'm just now realizing. Uh, a company called Wesco, which is one of my favorite companies to ever make Simpson stuff. Uh, they make mostly, you know, watches, clocks. And uh, they made a coin sorting clock. So I think it's mostly to sort change, but it does have a clock on it. Uh, and I can't even test it out because it only, ex- it, it only accepts... Um, International currency. It it does not take you know quarters and nickels and dimes, Uh, but it has slots at the top that that take different change, and it makes a different noise for each coin. And it's got the whole family sitting on the couch. You got Bart reading a Radioactive Man comic. It's just beautiful. It's really well sculpted, uh, and it's you know very large. And it's one of my, especially stuff from the '90s, even stuff into the late '90s. I like how it looks a little bit off. Like it's just like you know, the models are still a little weird in 3D. They were still sort of figuring that out. Uh, and I've also posted that piece before. It's like bright pink and they're sitting on the couch. Uh, I just think that is a very special piece. It has a really nice spot on my bookshelf, uh, sort of holding, it has some comics next to it and it just looks really nice and it's sort of got a prominent spot. Uh, so I think right now, at least January, 2022, those are my my top three.
0: Ask him next time and let's see what um what, what
1: changes. Yeah, just keep asking me that question because I get something similar almost every time and I, I, I don't normally go back and listen beyond like the first edit. So I, I'd be curious one day to see how many times I uh, repeat myself.
0: <laughs> you, have you ever tried to uh, like purchase from uh, like UK eBay? You know, like if you get a VPN, sometimes you could change your location and, and access stores you wouldn't normally. Would, yeah, have you ever tried doing
1: that? I have done that and, and my only issue is and, and I know a lot of collectors that really rely heavily on that. They do it for Japan, mm. China, you know, all kinds of other markets. Uh, the only thing is, like, I feel like sometimes, because I have ran into this problem, especially on on French eBay, where I have bought stuff, and they don't really want to ship to America because it's so expensive. So you sort of have to reach out or haggle a little bit. And, and like, it, it just... It, there it. There are a lot more risks involved mm. because a lot of the international stuff that I seek is ceramic and fragile. So it gets a little more complicated. It's like, do I trust this huge cookie jar to make it from France, you know, uh, which I have and it has made it. So uh, it does depend, but I do that when I can, but sometimes the communication can be a little confusing, you know?
0: Okay. All right, this next question, which kind of just blows my mind that you've got the lead singer of Creed, (laughs) Scott, uh, is it Stapp? Scott Stapp. That is such a funny screen name. I just want to say like, uh, oh, wait, I, wait. It's, it's not the real Scott Stapp? No. <laughs> <laughs> I really I really wish Botter actually thought that. I mean, he's... It, yeah, it, you know, real quick, I, 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 would, I would love that. I went on Wikipedia like, is this the Creed I'm thinking about? And it's like, <laughs> wait, Scott Stapp, fellow of, of Florida native Scott Stapp? Man, I, that is wait, a funny username. I, I
1: do believe Creed is from Jacksonville. I kind of forgot about that. Oh, I, man. Be, I believe
0: that they are. But no, this
1: is man. this is
0: just a screen name. Uh, but it is a fantastic screen name. I love that. For the record, uh, Creed is from Tallahassee. Okay, all right. Scott well, Stapp is from Orlando. So we're getting all the major I'm, Florida cities covered. I'm
1: actually happy that they're not from Jacksonville because <laughs> they are terrible, but anyway. Oh, that
0: is funny. Dan. that is a funny screen name. What a- <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, Scott, the fake Scott Stapp writes, uh, sorry, I can't remember if this has been asked before or not, but is there anything you would have an interest in collecting besides Simpsons stuff? Yeah, so... You
1: know, I think it's interesting because I've always sort of had. I've always enjoyed collecting, even when I didn't take it as serious as I do Simpsons collecting. Um, You know, I used to collect records a little bit when I was probably from my teen years into my early 20s. Uh, I used to collect basketball cards as a kid, and I took that very seriously. Um, I had. So many rare Michael Jordan cards that would probably pay for my house now if mm. I hadn't lost them. But I don't want to talk about that. Uh, let's just say I did own a Michael Jordan college card mm. uh, when I was very young. Uh, that I don't even want to get into how I acquired that, but it would it would be worth so much money now. Um, Wait, what happened with all that? So I I had them when I moved one time, and all I know is that they disappeared. I I just misplaced them, could not find them. I had a whole separate book of just Michael Jordans. Uh, I mean, it was easily 50 or 60 Michael Jordan. Some very rare ones in there, everybody. Uh, This is
0: why I'm so anti-moving at times. I know. Moving sucks,
1: everyone. You're going to lose stuff every time. And sometimes you'll lose a Michael Jordan college card, okay? Uh, But so I've always enjoyed collecting. I I even collected like band shirts for a while. I was really into like tracking down these sort of like obscure uh, shirts of, of different like, you know, bands that I was into. Uh, I even collected books. Uh, I was, I'm I'm a big Charles Bukowski fan as much as that might surprise some people. Um, and I, for you, I was, I was on a quest to have a copy of every Bukowski book and poetry book on black Sparrow press. And I never completed that, but that was something I, I was trying to do for a while. And I did get a lot of them. I do still have them. Um, but I mean, in terms of like, what would I actually buckle down and collect? I thought about this a lot. Uh, if I was going to do something else now, and I think the easy two the, the easiest two things that come to mind as far as things that I love, uh, I think it would have to either be Star Wars or Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, these are two things, you know, Star Wars is something I, I'm really into. I'm not sure if people uh, that listen to this know that I'm not sure how much I've talked about it, but. Um, I love Star Wars as a property. I also uh, used to play a Star Wars card game com- semi-competitively. Which um, you can find
0: a, a video of that on YouTube. You, <laughs> actually, you, <laughs> you actually
1: can find a video on YouTube of me talking about a deck that I took to a competition uh, where I got top four uh, and uh, did not did not win, but I got to the, to the final top four cut. Ooh. So that is something that I was really into. Uh, and I, I, I took that game very seriously. I actually was doing that. This wasn't that long ago. So while... Uh, collecting Simpsons. That was something I was also super into until the game uh, died. But it's actually sort of making a comeback. So, uh, ladies, please, he's married, All right. <laughs> like, I know, I
0: know that's got you bothered, but
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I, I if for anyone curious, I am very cool. If you can't tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Spit my drinking. Yeah, but you know, so
1: <laughs> so yeah, I you know, I love the Simpsons and I love Star Wars, but I also, you know, I'm a I, I love Spider Man. I read a lot of Spider Man comics
0: as a kid. I know that's something that Botter uh, can relate to. Dude, I've always wanted to. I mean, I try to buy every Spider Man figure that that comes out. I've got a few that like are a little crazy on the secondary market. Oh yeah, but I, I, I imagine having a just full on Spider Man room would be pretty sick. Uh, especially getting into like the Japanese Spider-Man. Yes. That'd be fire.
1: Yeah. I think, I think aesthetically Spider-Man is just one of the things that would be like having a room set up and organized well of just all Spider-Man stuff. You know, some of the great posters. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you could do some really, really cool stuff. Um, you already know, I'd be trying to get as much miles Morales stuff in there as possible, uh, which, uh, I I will drop this opinion on the podcast, possibly my favorite Spider-Man. Miles Morales. So uh, I, I, think, I think either one of those things, you know, Star Wars near and dear to my heart. Uh, big fan of the second episode of Boba Fett. When you're all hearing this, uh, I think the third one will be dropping tonight. Uh, the second episode is fantastic. Uh, so go watch that. But yeah, Star Wars or Spider-Man, that's going to be my answer. I don't know why I'm trying to start talking about Boba Fett. Maybe one day I will have a chance to collect one of those things.
0: Good. All right. This next question comes from Victoria LTFC. Do those letters stand for anything that we should know about?
1: I'd, yeah, I Yeah. Victoria, let me know. I, yeah. I just saw it in the name. I uh, wanted to make it obvious who it was. I'm not sure what that stands <laughs> fair for. Enough,
0: fair enough. All right. So, well, Victoria asks, what is your regular job and what do you like to do besides collecting Simpsons stuff?
1: So, I know I've mentioned this once or twice, but I've never actually talked about it at length. And uh, I, I've, I'm a screen printer, and that's something that I've been doing for almost a... Well, actually, I think over a decade at this point. Um so I, I print t-shirts and I, you know, I do the whole traditional process of, of making screens and, you know, separating those screens into colors. And, and, you know, for those that don't know what screen printing is, it's the process that basically every shirt you own was made, uh, and how that print on it was made. Uh, I would also call myself a, a part-time graphic designer. I, I design everything for the podcast. I do some stuff freelance on the side. Uh, so everything having to do with my job is very focused on art And, you know, sort of creating, uh, separating art and, and making it printable onto t-shirts, uh, and things like that. And like I said, that's something that I've done for, uh, it's hard to remember exactly when I started, but easily 10 years at this point. And I started screen printing because I was in a band at the time. This sort of foreshadows a question that comes later. I was in a band at the time and there was a shop that was doing a lot of my shirts and I was up there so often. Uh, just sort of like hanging out and asking questions that he was like, do you just want to work here? Like, do you just want a job? Uh, shout out to my friend, Sam, if he hears this, uh, Sam and Marjorie, the first people that taught me how to do uh, what I do. And they, you know, he was like, you should just work here. Cause you're up here all the time. And so I got into that process and anyone that's never actually thought about or looked into how shirts are printed. Uh, I promise you, it is a very interesting process. So if you look up, videos of how that works I, I think you will really uh, enjoy seeing that side of it people assume uh, that a shirt goes through you know a machine like a like a printer that that you print off your documents but it is a very intensive and interesting process so uh, look into that butter have you ever seen the screen printing process
0: uh, you know what I I feel like that was a um, a very shameless um, setup for me to let everyone know that you've done some art <laughs> stuff as well as some uh, uh, shirt printing. Uh, oh, you know, for, I didn't even think about that. You know, wow, Botter, that's <laughs> you know, well. I mean, if you want to
1: talk about I'm some like art. Warren,
0: it's right here in the notes. You oh, we, whoa, okay, crazy. anyways. But no, no, jokes aside, you have <laughs> printed um quite a few of the shirts and, and merch that we've done for the Shortbox Podcast. Hell, the the, the new um the new shirts that we printed out. And or or got made in December are some of the, in my opinion, some of the best ones. And that's mainly from the um, reception that I've got from, from, uh, people who have bought the shirts. Oh, thanks, man. Um, and w- what I will say is that thanks to you, I, I do have a newfound appreciation for, um, um, you know, I keep saying shirt printing. I feel like it's not right. No, I mean you know it's shirt printing, shirt screen printing, printing, screen, printing, you printing. You know, yeah. yeah. Well, specifically screen printing. Like yeah. understanding that process and, and looking at designs, and, and now looking at like you know our own designs that we have with shortbox and, and other stuff that I do. It's like, huh, like this makes sense why merch is you know done different, uh, done differently. So yeah, um, I will go ahead and just and, and just kind of shamelessly plug uh, if you are looking for any design needs, logos, and uh, (laughs) touch-ups, graphics, blah, blah, blah. Hit up your boy Warren. Yeah, you know,
1: I've actually thought about, you know, uh, especially, you know, over the I don't know why I didn't do this more over the last couple of years, but I've I've considered before posting in my story like Hey, does anybody need help with art? You know, I've got some free time. Uh, so so if someone does need something designed for you know uh, if you need a logo mm-hmm. or you need know, something for your bank, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not actually putting an ad here, but you know, maybe shoot me a DM or an email if you if you are interested in uh, some design work.
0: I'll pay one compliment and then uh, add on a question to this one because I, I like this question a lot, Victoria. Um, one the compliment is that. Ever since you launched your podcast, you have motivated me to take more of an artistic, I guess... look or maybe just like be a little more artsy when it comes to like the short box stuff whether it be like episode um uh, artwork or you know just even t- like redesigning the um the, the logo and stuff it's been like kind of cool to be motivated to take more of an artistic approach and try different stuff with um our branding and things so that's a compliment that you're going to get and then the question <laughs> I'll, I'll take ask it. to add to this is that how do you think the simpsons influences or uh, uh, impacts um your design process that is not the
1: question that I expected. And I really like that because, uh, I, I've always had, you know, I've always been attracted to, uh, sort of a vintage style of design. And I think what I mean by that is I tend to, you know, like, okay, for instance, I've talked before about how much I like basketball. And I'm sure a lot of you that, that follow basketball or follow the NBA, um, remember when they changed a lot of the logos, you know, the Detroit Pistons and a lot of these teams like just completely upgraded their logo and they changed their colors and everything got real crazy and and wild and, and, and bright. And I even at the time thought that was sort of weird. I was like, no, you know, like I don't really like, you know, changing all this up or this is so like so different from their traditional logo. And even if you liked it at the time, I'm willing to bet a lot of you look back and think, man, what were they thinking? That That is so ugly. So I do tend to appreciate a, a, a more simple and clean sort of vintage style. And I think that's one thing about the Simpsons, especially from a merchandising perspective, the the pink and the green and the white, that early Mattel packaging, all that sort of stuff. I just love those sort of colors. And, and I wouldn't even call it like a 90s or an 80s style color palette. I just love bright, sharp colors, clean, not too crazy, not too complex, not overdone, not overshaded, not overstated even. Um, And I think The Simpsons is a masterclass in that in the 90s and even some since then. They've sort of gone back to sort of that classic style and there's a reason that gets people so excited. So I think it reminds me when I look at that stuff to sort of keep it simple, like something can be really cool but not be like overdone. I think people tend to overcomplicate artwork because they try to do too much. And if you look at a lot of the stuff I've done for the podcast, I mean, even the image where I prompted these questions, it's, you know, that's my that's my attempt at making something that looks like it was made in 1990 for The Simpsons. It's hmm. simple colors, a little bit of texture, nothing too crazy, a nice balance of fonts. Uh, so I, I think it's inspired, you know, I guess it was has influenced me uh, in just keeping it simple.
0: That's a good. That's a good response. I
1: appreciate that. No, I appreciate the question.
0: All right. This next question comes from uh, is it LCW ninety uh, two? They ask, and not only ask, but they also insert a personal anecdote, which I always appreciate. Uh, they ask, "What are your favorite Springfield landscapes?" I have the best damn pet shop scenic print, and I just fucking love it. For me, I love the aesthetic of Main Street, Capital City the Aztec theater in the national park slash mountains. There's probably so many more, but if I had to narrow it down, it's those. I love to hear you talk about the scenery if possible. I want to thank you for your podcast because it's been such a comfort listen for me on my commute to work. I'm in Norfolk, England, by the way, I love your segments about favorite slash worst characters, episodes, and bits at the end of the episodes and your real or fake synopsis game. I love hearing you talk about the crossover of morality, politics, ethics, veganism, and the music scene that comes with The Simpsons. For so many of us, can definitely resonate with that too. So yeah, thanks again. Uh, first that of all, Elle, so sweet.
1: Yeah, first of all, Elle, I, I think I responded on the post, but thank you so much for saying that. Um, you know, I don't, I, I do get a lot of feedback about the show, but I
0: don't always. Oh my bad. I, <laughs> I, I, I wanted, I wanted to interject real quick because I, I feel like some of your best questions. Come from your listeners in uh in in the UK, and I'm curious as a uh, you know uh, as a fellow podcaster and host myself. What are your stats for like in the UK and England? Like as far as listeners? Like is it
1: significant? I I would say pretty significant. Hmm. Uh so you know, I see you, England. I see you guys coming through. See them strong. Yeah, I I see a lot of you coming through and and it means a lot. Um your accent is probably way cooler than mine, L. So I'm jealous of that. (laughs) Uh no, but sincerely, uh I do want to I do wanna say thank you for those comments because you know, I, I do, I do get feedback. I don't want to say that I don't, but sometimes people don't think to say like, oh, I really like these segments. I really like this, you know, this extra thing that you did. Uh, and it really helps me with making the podcast better to hear that sort of thing. So, you know, I really appreciate that. Anyone that d- takes the time to do that takes the time to leave a review. Um, if you're hearing this right now and you want to start the year off right, do me, a, hmm. do me another favor, go to Apple and just leave me a review. Uh, I would, I would love all of you just a little bit more if you did that.
0: I'll even, I'll even add, add to that is um, now Spotify. Has their rating system that as well. That is true. And, they, and it's a that one is way simpler. Yeah, um, but you should definitely do the Apple one because that means a lot, Yeah, a and,
1: and also, I won't even tell anyone. If you guys want to go, if you listen to me on both, and you want to go, leave me five stars and <laughs> leave me an Apple review. <laughs> just shoot me your D, shoot me a DM saying you did that, and I'll. Yeah, you should I'll, do
0: a giveaway. You should do a giveaway. Yeah, yeah. but maybe maybe it's time
1: for another giveaway. Yeah, I I'll, I'll, I'll give that some thought. Uh, Botter was a part of the last giveaway, so maybe we need to maybe we need to do that again. Uh, but I guess I will actually answer Elle's question, and I'll say you know I, I do agree I, I do also love the Aztec theater. Uh, I'm a big fan of the area downtown where uh, where Jebediah is, you know that sort mm-hmm. of like center of town, the nice little uh, the the paths leading up to the statue. I really like the way that is laid out uh, just from a, just a design perspective. Uh, I really like the the level in the Simpsons game where that is all there. I just really like the way that part of town uh looks. I love the view from the Springfield sign. I would say this might be my favorite uh, you know, Marge on the land. They go up to the sign uh, and sort of look out over the city. I think that's a really beautiful shot. Uh and I don't think you can go wrong with any scene on the boardwalk or the Squidport. I mean anytime they're like sort of near the water, uh I think that's really, really fun. Uh and I mean, you know, I, I gotta at least mention the Springfield Gorge. Um an iconic scene In the show, you don't see the gorge a lot, but like you know, it's it's a beautiful scenic look as he's going over the gorge. Um, So I'm not sure if that if those all fit the question, but uh, I'm a big fan of just those shots of of landscapes and just the more scenic, uh, artistic shots in the Simpsons. So uh, I do like pondering on that. I'd like to hear what some of your favorites are, everybody. So if you want to send me uh, some shots, we can talk about that.
0: Big shout out to the Androids Dungeon and Baseball Card Shop. too.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. You know, there is is, every time they do a scene in the comic book shop, I always just sort of admire the amount of little jokes they get in Mm. uh, in those backgrounds. So, yeah, that's another good one.
0: All right. All right. This next question comes from Hey Soundtrack City. What are some of your favorite soundtracks from film, TV, or video games? You're getting a lot of questions that are like, about you, the yeah. person behind the mic, and I really, I really
1: like that. You know, I, I do, I, I like do it. like these Q and A's. I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm okay with them being all about my collection or all about The Simpsons. I also think it's cool that some of you want to know a little bit more about me, so I really appreciate that. Um, I, I didn't come up with, I didn't do TV or video games just because, like, I could, I could go on and on, but I did think a little bit about film. And uh, when I read this question, the three that came to mind immediately were these. So I wrote down. Into the Spider-Verse, which, mm. uh, I mean, come on, uh, the best Star Wars, I mean, <laughs> the best Spider-Man movie, uh, in my opinion, uh, and, and just a great soundtrack. I mean, throughout the film, the music is laid in really nice, and it's also a great listen. Um, the movie Drive mm, has classy. one of my favorite soundtracks. Such uh, a good soundtrack. I, I, honestly, might outlive the movie to some people. I mean, there's just so many good songs on that soundtrack. Um, And one that might surprise you, and and I don't know if Bodder's going to laugh when I say this, but the the recent remake of A Star is Born uh, with Lady Gaga, I not only loved that movie and was sort of blown away by it. That movie
0: was insane. Uh, it was like, so good. After the movie ended, you know, when I was to the bathroom, every dude in that bathroom line was like sniffing, uh, trying to wipe a tear out. I, yeah, yo, I, I'm gonna. I'll just, I'll just put it out there. That and movie, the singing was a a plus plus. That yeah.
1: movie really did yeah. it to me, and it really stuck with me. And I also found myself listening to those songs hmm. uh, for about a week or two after the movie. There's some great songs Damn. that were written for that film. Uh, so yeah, I mean. Come on, again, Into the Spider-Verse, you can't go wrong. Drive, a classic. A yep. star is born, makes you hurt inside. Mm. So uh, that's going to be my, that's going to be, I, I gave you a top three, even though you just said
0: fave. Yo, look, I, I know the radio played it to death, but that Post Malone and, and uh, um, Sway Lee, oh, Sunflower, yeah. come on. Something about hearing it for the first time, watching Into the Spider-Verse, I cannot detach like I can't detach the two at all. Like no. it, it was it was almost like euphoric sitting in that theater and hearing that song. And they only ever played like ten seconds of it. Yo, on the way home after watching Into the Spider-Verse, I kid you not, I played that song seven times in a row. Straight up. Like Yeah, yeah I mean I mean just, just Miles, you know,
1: just sort of vibing out mm. of that song. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's an iconic scene well And like what I said, a perfect movie.
0: Well said. All right. Uh, Tony from The Black. Uh with uh, a nine for the A at that. Oh yeah, I or, or I, I couldn't tell if that's supposed to be an A or an O, yeah, well you know, said, Tony. Well what what the, you Yeah, want? you're right from the black maybe. All right. Well, Tony writes in and uh wants to know your thoughts on season one of The Simpsons. So I don't this is another one that I,
1: I feel like maybe we talked a little bit about in another QA, but I mean we have a done it's one in a year. In a, man. We haven't
0: Come done on. one in a year,
1: so who cares? Uh you know, I think season one is awesome. And I know that there are a lot of people out there. Um, and uh, anyone listening to this, any of you that have been with me for the last year and some change, uh, know that I do not subscribe to like, Oh, the Simpsons is bad beyond this or or whatever. We all know that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to get in on my soapbox here and go on and on about that. But I also know a lot of you that don't like season one, like you, you are, well, I won't say a lot of you, but there are people that are like, Oh, I always skip season one. I think it's just Okay. And, and look, I understand thinking that. Like, I do understand that it might not be your go-to when you watch the show. Uh, but I think season one is very special. And I say that because it really sort of understood itself quickly. And while I don't believe the show became what it truly would become until season two, maybe even season three, there are glimpses into the characters in season one that really did stick with them. I mean, there are moments... In episode one, the Christmas special that sort of you know inform who those characters will be forever. So I think you know, dismissing it beyond the Christmas special or saying, yeah, I like the Christmas special, but some of the other episodes are boring. Uh, again, they're, they're probably lower in quality than season two, let's be honest, but thinking it's not good uh, is, is an interesting take to me and I, I still really enjoy watching it. Uh, Botter, do you normally skip that one or do you throw that one on sometimes?
0: No, no, I, throw, I let that one kind of ride out. I mean, it, it's kind of cool to see it, like, in its very... Well, I, I guess its raw form would be, like, the the, the much older episode. Or the, the shorts. shorts. Yeah. Um, but season one, like, it just has a certain grain and grit to it that I, I kind of appreciate a lot. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it was kind of, like, not as polished. Uh. But I felt like the stories were... It kind of channeled, like, that... the How raw it was, you know? Like, right. the emotions felt just as raw.
1: And, and not only that, but you also, you know... we. We always talk about, or or you can find a million conversations online or articles about, you know, how the Simpsons wasn't intended for children in the beginning. And I think, you know, that is extremely Mm. obvious. I don't think it's ever been more obvious than in season one. I mean, the example I always give is you literally have an episode where Homer is, he writes a suicide note. He's he's going to the water with a rock uh, to jump in and, and die. He wants to kill himself, which is like, you know, it's crazy to imagine that that would be used for a joke. In a show, but that that first season, you know, it is a little dark. It's a little gritty, and I think that a lot of the things that they tried from the beginning, you know, we wouldn't have season two if people didn't love season one. I mean, let's just be honest. So, if that season wasn't so different than anything else on TV, and if it wasn't so special, uh, I wouldn't have a collection, and I wouldn't be sitting here answering your questions about this show. So, uh, to to give a shorter answer after all that
0: rambling, I love season one. I said. All right. This next one comes from a mutual friend of ours, hey. uh, stupid sketchbook. Um, so shout out to Tony ALP. Shout out uh, to Tony. Uh, if you got the chance to create a Simpsons episode, what would the plot slash story be?
1: Yeah. So Tony, this is, you know, I, when I read this, I was like, Ooh, that's a good question. And then I went, wait a minute. This is hard as fuck to answer. Uh, <laughs> that's why
0: people get paid. That's why writers get paid the big bucks.
1: Yeah, but I do No, all joking aside. I do love the, the question, I've thought about a million ideas for Simpsons episodes. I've even jotted some down, but I, I think if I was actually going to have the chance, um, I don't really know where I would start. Uh, you know, I really like Christmas stories. I mean, you know, I've talked about before how I think the best episode of the show is a Christmas episode, uh, Marge Be Not Proud from season seven. And, you know, so I, it's hard for me to say that I wouldn't. I, I think I would definitely... Lean towards writing some sort of Christmas story about my own childhood or, you know, coming to terms with Santa not being real and all of that, how I found out. I do sort of have like some funny stories from childhood about, you know, when I realized Santa wasn't real and things like that. So I do think there's a story in there and I think it would be fun to write a Christmas episode. But that's mostly because I think, you know, we see in the show time and time again that some of the best stories, and I think a lot of people that work on the show agree with this, and that's why they really try to pull it out of their writing team. Uh, a lot of the best stories are human stories. I mean, they're based on things that actually happened to them in childhood, so I do think I would tap into that and uh, and sort of try to try to write something about that. Um, I think an episode, something else that came to mind, you know, an, an episode about collecting, like maybe Bart could get hmm. really into collecting sports cards or comics, and not just, I mean, we all know Bart likes comics, but Imagine an episode where he really got hooked on having every Radioactive Man comic or, you know, maybe like stuff about him bidding on eBay and like losing his like flipper. And yeah, that. like or he got really into just like buying and selling or trying to complete a collection. And the show dips into, you know, modern things like that all the time now. So I think an episode uh, where he is hyper focused on buying stuff on eBay and trying to complete a collection uh, would be really fun. I mean, it'd be very relatable to me and Botter, uh, and I'm sure a lot of you listening. So uh, I do think I would lean towards that. So something, you know, sort of Christmas-based or just, you know, uh, something a little more personal, like collecting and, and just hobby-driven stories, I think.
0: One of the uh, only, one of my best bar stories I have, I think would make a great Simpsons episode. And maybe if someone specifically asked for it, I'll share it on the next Q&A. Ooh. But it's the time that my mom put out a cigarette on her hand because of my report card grades. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just as fun as you think it would be. So I I think that'd be a great... Yeah, I need
1: everyone to uh, remember that and the next Q&A, say that you want Botter to tell that story.
0: All right, word. Tony... Good one. All right. This next, moving on to the next question. This one comes from, looks like maybe two folks asked the same thing. So, yeah. So
1: I, I wrote it down like this because uh, they, they the the first part of the question is something that two people asked. Uh, the second part of the question was specifically asked by Daniel. So.
0: All right. Well, uh, great minds think alike. Yeah. So uh, this one comes from who Daniel is in J Chuggy 18. Uh, they write, if you could script the second movie, what would it be about? Or if you could handpick the writers to develop the movie, who would you pick?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, come on. We all know the second part of that is is pretty hard, but I actually had a really good time sort of thinking about that and just sort of putting together my writing dream team. And I'm sure that there's still more that I would have put on there. Uh, but I, I tried to not go too crazy because then you end up just writing down, you know, everyone that's ever written for the show. Uh, so as far as like a second movie, I, I, this is another one that I I couldn't remember if I had answered before and it's super hard to say, but I think, I think it would be this. I think this is a new take for me because I think if I have talked about it before, it wasn't, this wasn't what I remember thinking. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but you guys, you guys feel me. I think it would be cool if they either made a second one where it picked up where the other one left off. So there's like, you know, no time in between it, you're not led to believe that there was any space between the two films. I think it would be cool to sort of like the aftermath of the bubble and and all that. Um, if it were something smaller, and I think this is similar to answers I've given in the past, I would like a story where, you know, like give me an hour and a half movie about like a road trip to itchy and scratchy land or Mm -hmm. some sort of family trip where, you know, stuff happens. Um, I I guess you could compare it to like Beavis and Butthead to America, where a lot of it is them like traveling and going to new places. I think a story like that, something a little smaller, um, granted they go to new places in the Simpsons movie, but something that's built around a trip or just something a little more, you know, a little more slice of life within Springfield, I think would be super fun.
0: Um, I think, um, with me being so into animated, you know, uh, shows, especially like comic book movies and whatnot, It'd be cool to get like an animated Radioactive Man movie.
1: Yeah. I think I'd, that'd be pretty fun. You know, you know I agree with that. Uh, as for the second part of the question, uh, the writers, um, I spent a good 20 or 30 minutes really thinking about this. So no one think that this was a, a half ass list. Uh, so these are the ones that I wrote down. How many did I write down? I got one, two, three, four, five, five, six, lot. seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Tw- I, got, I got 11. Uh, and this is some, some classic, some modern, a little bit of everything. So I got... I got my man, Bill Oakley, right up top. I mean, mm. come on. Bill's been on the show twice. Um, one of my favorite writers to ever work on the show, or and, and he's done so many other funny things since then. Uh, Josh Weinstein, his writing partner, also done so much great stuff since The Simpsons. You, you could really say that for any of these people that are not still on The Simpsons. Um, Jay Kogan, Mike Scully, Carolyn Amine, one of my favorite writers who still works on the show. Uh, John Swartzwelder. I mean, I think that goes without saying. You put John in any room, he's going to shine. Uh, Tim Long, one of my favorite uh, modern writers of the last twenty years, for sure. Also a guest on the show. Matt Selman. I mean, his. You know, everyone knows about Matt Selman. I think Matt is doing some of the coolest stuff on the show currently. Uh, there are some of his episodes that are. I wouldn't say they are controversial, but some people didn't realize how much they like Matt Selman until. Uh, They saw all the good stuff he's doing currently. Uh, And then we got Al Jean and Mike Reese. I mean, come on, the classic, two of the first ever hired. Uh, And then this one, you know, also another guest, and that had nothing to do with me picking him, but I think he is doing some of the most interesting stuff on the show currently, and that is my man Cesar Mazariegos. I mean, he just did that, a Sirius Flanders episode that I talked about nonstop. He also did the episode, the Rome episode. I mean, every script he is... Every script that his name is on so far has been so original and so interesting and so different. And I think you put him in a room with some of those like classic writers and even some of those modern writers working together, I think you would get a really interesting story with some, some pretty crazy swings. So um,
0: that is my writing dream team as of now. Solid list, solid list. Okay, I'm going to move on to this next question. And this comes from b.e.n. Dot M. I'm assuming that acronym stands for something.
1: Yeah, well, his name is Ben. I don't know what the acronym of his name actually stands for. You
0: know what? Uh, But uh, Ben Ben has submitted a lot of questions, so I want to give a shout out to Ben. Shout out to Ben. I'm going to assume that M stands for money. So Ben Money. (laughs) Ben Money asked, as a fellow Florida resident... What are your favorite things to do in your area? I know you aren't originally from Florida, but what surprised you the most when you first came here? Likes and dislikes. I like this question.
1: Yeah, first of all, Ben, thank you for for paying attention and remembering that I'm not originally from Florida. I mean, that's, you know, you're making me feel special, Ben. I want to say I want to say thank you for for remembering that. Um, so this might come as a surprise, maybe even to bother, I don't know. Uh but I'm actually really bad uh at at living in Florida. I mean, I do not like the heat. Mm. Uh, I don't care for the beach. Uh, Some might say I actually sort of hate the beach. Uh, It's just not something... Unless I'm going at like 6 a.m., the beach is not really for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, you and the beach kind of have a natural um, uh, love-hate (laughs) relationship... Well, mainly hate relationship because of uh, your complexion. Yes. Yes. So being as pale as I am,
1: the beach is not my friend. I spent a lot of time as a child Getting very sunburned, and I'm I'm very <laughs> yeah. you know I'm I'm scarred by that. I do not enjoy getting sunburned. And some of you might be thinking, "Well, Warren, why don't you just put on sunscreen?" Let me tell you something. When you would need an all- uh,
0: industrial size uh, yes. uh, uh, truck, you know that carries <laughs> that much sunscreen.
1: Well, I, I will say this, and this is a little side, a, a quick aside about that. I always put on sunscreen if I'm out in the sun for any long any length of time. Uh, but it does take a lot because I am so pale and there's a photo of me from a couple years ago that I would never, ever share on the internet, uh, where I was in the middle of putting sunscreen on and a friend of mine took a photo. And uh, said that I looked like a boiled egg. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so now I don't even like the idea of putting on uh, sunscreen. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm not good at at things that I'm not good at things that people love Florida for. Mm. Uh, now there are some great restaurants in Florida, uh, so a lot of great flea markets here in Jacksonville. So Big I nice. definitely enjoy Florida as a state for the most part. I just I, I'm not a huge fan. of um, of the, of the heat or the beach or any of the things that you think would make someone love Florida. Like I said, um, what surprised me the most probably was the weather. I mean, I I knew that it was hot here, but seasons basically don't exist in Florida. I mean,
0: it's it's just different levels of hot.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's January right now. I mean, on Christmas day, it was probably 70 degrees. I I mean,
0: I think I was definitely in shorts Christmas day.
1: Yeah. And, and it will get down. I mean, yesterday it was down in the 40s, so it will get a little cool. But then, you know, the moment the sun comes up, it's 65. Yeah. And like these last couple of days have been a little cool. And, and I do think it will cool down a good bit here in January. But cool in Florida is not like cool anywhere else. Like someone asked me once... Uh, Oh, does it ever snow in Florida? And I laughed at them for about ten minutes. I mean, yeah, that's a solid laugh. Yeah, that's like no, laugh. Florida, like Florida doesn't even know what snow is. I think if it actually did snow here, people would would pass out because they would think the sky was falling. Yeah, you know, they would be, not. They would not understand.
0: I, I think we go into um, end of the world protocols if it dips below fifty right. here in, in Jacksonville. I had seen. I was watching um, ESPN one night or one day, and they were showing like the different uh, um, uh, weather for the different games. And I think it was like a Vikings game at Green Bay, I think. Yeah. And that bitch said nine. Warren, I said, is that possible? Like, it threw me off big time. But um, one thing I want to add, I I know there's probably some folks listening that are like, well, it's just, you know, it's just hot. I live, whatever, maybe in Vegas and it's hot like that. But the difference with Florida heat is that you're essentially swimming. Yes. You know, as soon as you wake up, like it's just so humid. So not only is it hot, but it is muggy.
1: Yeah, very, yeah. You if, you, know, if you
0: live in sweaty. Vegas,
1: if you live in Vegas, it's a dry heat. It's yeah. totally different. Um, and I mean, you know, like I said, I was just in LA and and it was warmer there than I expected, but it's not the same.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, but let's I be mean,
0: real, Warren, let's be real. Let's be real. I feel like the last, I'm going to go ahead and say it, two weeks, if not three, the weather has been phenomenal. It's Clear been... Clear skies. It's been really nice. Low 60s, the high 70s, like nice little... Jacket wet. I mean, it's it's it, Jacksonville has kind of showed out with the weather. Lately. It, it's it's been pretty nice, you know. And and I will say too. I mean, I know the question was mostly about Florida,
1: but I will say you know <laughs> Jacksonville specifically. I mean, it's it's actually a very diverse city, and yes, I actually think time. it's a great place to live. Uh, I mean, the only things I could say outside of the weather that I actually dislike. I mean. Really boils down to you know state and local government one hundred percent. I mean, we definitely get with the time. Yeah, we, we we need we need some help in that department, and I hope you know that we can get rid of all that. But I'm not going to bore everyone with all that. But I do yeah. hope that we can upgrade uh, in the near future as far as state and local government is concerned. Uh, and I also you know I get sick of seeing the Jaguars lose, but I also uh, I want to state on the podcast that you know the Jaguars won two games this year. <laughs> And uh, I would still, oh, I would still take off my shirt and defend them uh, in any sort of fight. So that's just the uh,
0: Duval spirit. Yeah, I,
1: you know, <laughs> I ride for the Jags no matter what. Um, oh, and you know, maybe, maybe I go on YouTube and I watch highlights of 2017 and cry sometimes. I don't know. Uh, maybe I, maybe I do that. Um, anyone that, that thinks Jacksonville has always been bad. I just want to remind them that in 2017, we were one game away from the Super Bowl, which we were robbed of. So, uh, don't, don't talk shit about how bad the Jags are, uh, and just be nice to me. Okay. I
0: can can hear my girlfriend in the back. Like you tell him Warren. All right. That was, I I like, I like these personal, uh, questions. I'm I'm feeling with these. All right. This next question comes from, uh, Nick, uh, Gazin. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, they, asked, or Nick asked, where do you want your collection to go when you die? Sort of a dark question, but I do appreciate the sentiment. Um, that's thinking ahead though. I mean, yeah, it, ahead. it is. I mean,
1: you know, the only thing that really came to mind when I, when I thought about this was I'd love for my collection to be, you know, used to start a museum about, you know, like, like take my collection, start a museum mm. about either the show, uh, or maybe even just television and film merchandising in general. I mean, I think, you know, one thing that I would love to see is, or one thing I would visit if it existed is a, a a dedicated museum just about like the phenomenon of merchandising for properties. I mean, mm. I think there is something very interesting about why people are attracted to you know like toys and shirts and you know cups and napkins of like movies they like. And I do think that that is you know it, it's a it'd be a cool thing to see you know, spread around about multiple properties. So I think as far as like, you know, if it doesn't just go to my wife, if I were to suddenly die uh, for her to sell or do whatever she wants with, uh, I think if if I just moved on and and it needed to go somewhere, I think to a museum would be kind of nice.
0: Or or you your house suddenly gets um, like historical uh, uh, property status, you know, where it's like you can't tear it down, you can't alter it. There you go. In your room, that Simpsons collection room, Ends up becoming a, a, like an historical site where they offer uh, uh <laughs> where they offer like the quickest tour you have ever taken in <laughs> your life like a quick lap and, and that's that. No, I that'd do, be pretty fun.
1: No, I do I do like that. Not to you know and and if if my wife is uh, available to do that, she can just charge people to come through. Yeah, so that's what go. I'm talking about. There I, you I go. think
0: I think I think people all I think especially your listeners from the UK would probably fly in. For that. I, I think you're onto something, Butter. All right, this next question comes from Farn Two Step. Right, There was an ending of a Simpson episode After the credits where the woman says Shh And Homer responded to that once saying Don't tell me to shush you bitch Or something along the lines of that I do remember him cussing at the end Because it stood out to me as a kid Know anything about that or if they ever did more with that So uh,
1: I so I, I, I'm i sorry to disappoint you, Farn, and let you know that he did not actually call her a bitch. Ooh,
0: is this a case of the Mandela effect?
1: Uh, well, I, I think maybe he just remembered hearing something out of the ordinary, mm. and, it, and it stuck with him that way, because the episode you are thinking of is Wild Barts Can't Be Broken from Season 10. Uh, that is Episode 11. Uh, but he actually says, Stupid Lady. So mm. she does the normal shh on the, fr- on the uh, Gracie Films screen. And Homer says, don't shush me, you stupid lady. Uh, so I'm assuming that has to be what you are remembering. So uh, if you go watch that and you hear it and you're like, no, I'm, I'm positive this is not what I'm thinking of, then I, I will do some more research. But uh, that is all I could remember. And I, I did do a little research to confirm that. So I, I believe that is what you're talking about. Season 10, episode 11, Farn.
0: Any reason why they had a, like a unique little outro or addition
1: like that? You know, I, I actually don't know. And I don't know if they ever did it again. Hmm. Um, I mean they they would throw little jokes in like that sometimes. Like they would have Ralph at the beginning, like singing the song with the 20th Century Fox uh, logo, you know the da 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 da, all that sort of stuff. So once in a while they would just peg little jokes at the end. I mean sometimes they have Homer talking over the credits, and you know I, I should have gone and actually watched the clip to confirm, but I do. Maybe he's already saying something over the credits, and that's why he tells her not to shush him. Uh, So, I think there is a little more to that joke, but I'm pretty confident, like I said, that that is what you're remembering for.
0: You know what we could do? Because this is the power of, because this is a podcast and I enjoy the, the power of audio and production. You could drop it right here.
1: Yo, everybody, it's your boy, Warren, dropping in here to make a bit of a correction. So as I was going back and listening to this episode and I thought about the question that Farn asked, I realized that maybe I was misremembering the end of that episode. And the clip that I said was probably what he was talking about actually wasn't Homer at all. It was old Jewish man. So I thought about it some more and I think what he's actually talking about is the end of the mansion family where Homer says, don't shush me, you rich bastard. And I'm going to go ahead and drop that in right here. Just me, rich bastard. So yeah, Farn, let me know if that's what you're talking about, and if that's still not it, let me know, and I'll see what I can find. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: All right, um, <laughs> if you actually do that, that'd be pretty cool. But uh, oh no, I'm uh, going to. Uh, Damn, what then I want to. I can almost. Um, I can. I feel like I can hear the Gracie Films outro in my head. And then the, or whatever. Yeah, there you there go. go. All right. Good question. Uh, this next one comes from uh, PO45, PIO45. Which type of movies and music do you like? Another personal See one. Yeah, Another no, 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 another like personal it. question. I mean, this one's hard. I mean, I, I
1: really, I would say in both of those categories, I, I, I like a lot of different stuff. Now, It's a boring answer to say, oh, I like all kinds of music. I like all kinds of movies. And I wouldn't say it's that specific because there are types of movies that I don't prefer. There are types of music that I don't really like. Um, So as far as movies go, I mean, obviously, I love comedy, sci-fi, drama. Uh, I'm not much for horror. Uh, When it comes to horror, I I like, you know, maybe some of the weirder stuff. Uh, I'm not much for just like the gory home invasion, murder type horror movies. That's just not really for me. Um, I like more like the heady or psychological stuff in terms of that, you know, midsummer, the killing of a sacred deer is one of my favorites. The shining is a classic. Um, but it's really hard to answer a question like that without, you know, going on too long. I mean, if I had to name a favorite comedy, I've seen the movie Tommy Boy probably a hundred and fifty times. Hmm. At one point in my life, I probably had it memorized, which is a story a lot of my friends know. Uh, you know what? Fine, I'll just I'll tell a little I wasn't planning on telling this story, but I'll throw it in here. Um I watched Tommy boy so much as a child. I mean, I was obsessed with this movie. We used to rent it every weekend. So my mom ended up just buying it for us the following Christmas. And I told my teacher in fourth grade, maybe it was fifth grade, but either way I said, if you will let me watch this movie, there are, if you'll let us watch it in class, there are bad words in this movie, but I know it so well that I can mute it on every curse word. And I promise you, I will not miss any. And maybe it's because this was like late in the year, and it was like sort of like a holiday. It was like near the holidays, if I recall. And she said, "You know, Warren, fine, but you better not miss any because if you do, I'm gonna be on your ass." Uh, well, she didn't say that, but you you get it. And uh, I'm happy to report that I did not miss any. Mm. So I knew I was sitting Got there in my the seat. Day just enjoying laughing and basically just moving my lips to the entire movie because I had seen it so many times and just hitting every little curse word. Um, I do think I fast forwarded through the part where, um, where Tommy catches David Spade's character, uh, you know, spying on a woman in the pool. I do think I fast forwarded through that whole thing just to avoid uh, that whole thing. But, uh, Tommy boy, one of my favorite comedies, uh, sci-fi I could talk about forever. So yeah, you, I think that gives you a little bit of insight. You sort of get it. Um, as far as music, uh you know, I definitely lean more towards punk and hardcore hip hop, metal, some jazz. Uh, you know, I'm pretty diverse in that category, but I'm not much for I wouldn't say I do not like any country music, but I don't like any modern country really, although. There are some artists that are trying to do like sort of a throwback style, and some of that is okay with me. But that's it's still not not something I'm normally putting on. Uh, I'm not much for radio rock in general. Like a lot of just like more popular rock, Uh, that's not really it doesn't really do it for me either. Uh, I'm cool with some pop music. I mean, some songs are just undeniably catchy. Uh, Some songs are a hit for a reason, and you Mm. can't deny how good they are. Um, but I did write and, you know, I did post this in my story, but I wrote this on here just for anyone who missed it. Uh, and this might give you a little more insight into what I like musically my Spotify wrapped top five for the year this year, uh, role well, for 2021 was beastie boys, Freddie Gibbs turnstile, God's hate shout out to Colin Young, who was a guest and Jay Dilla. If that tells anyone anything, that was the stuff I listened to the most in 2021, um, Aggressive and loud, aggressive, and so aggressive and loud, and and full of, of just fly beats. Mm. So uh, that that is generally what I lean towards. Uh, you know that sort of stuff. And anyone that's you know, I, I've joked about making or not even joked, but I've sort of kicked around the idea of, of releasing a playlist uh, once in a while through either uh, the podcast, Instagram, or just Bar of Darkness because so many people you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say or see that kind of stuff and ask me what I listen to and so on. So if you guys would be interested in like a playlist that I sort of curate, you know, let me know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll consider doing that.
0: I'll go ahead and uh, uh, throw in here, if you haven't watched the BC Boys documentary that is on like, Apple TV still. Incredible. Um, Warren put me onto that and it is well worth the, I think it's almost like two hours, but it's well worth whatever runtime it is. Like absolutely Worth watching uh, the the Beastie Boys story.
1: Yeah, if you've never gotten into Beastie Boys for whatever reason, and I mean, there's a lot of people that haven't. Like they just, you know, they've heard the popular, the most popular songs, and it really took the time. Uh, that documentary shows you opening. Yeah, it's eye opening. It shows you how important they were to not only hip hop but so many subgenres of just interesting music and how many things they brought to the light. Uh, so, you know, I, I definitely recommend that as well, Botter. I, I appreciate you saying that.
0: Oh yeah. All right. We are in the home stretch. We got three more questions. Um, speaking about your music taste, uh, this next one, uh, kind of falls in line with that. This yeah. Question. I, I threw
1: these together. I, I, I meant to mention that these two are sort of, they, they touch on similar things.
0: All right. Well, this question comes from, uh, Rick Moranis 69. Uh, they ask, always wanted to know more about your music interests. So here's a few. Did you spend time in your youth going to hardcore slash metal shows? Did you ever play in any bands? Still keep up with current hardcore at all? Or are you certified old head? (laughs) The episode of Colin Young was top tier and would love to hear from more people in that realm.
1: Uh, Yeah. So this was a cool question to me because, you know, I, I, a lot of these were focused on me, like Botter mentioned. And, uh, uh, I've, I've like sort of, I think in a, in a pod boys episode or two, I like mentioned this once or twice, like, you know, nothing, nothing. That would stick out to people. Uh, But I definitely uh, spent a lot of time going to hardcore metal shows like that is, um, you know, I went to shows for over two decades. um, And I still do. I mean, I I, that is definitely very formative to a lot of my interests, uh, both musically and just like socially and all of that. I mean, it's a lot of the reasons for some of my held beliefs and things like that is as time I spent going to, you know, punk hardcore metal shows like in the early 2000s and 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 all the way up to now. So, you know, that's very important to me. I've also I have been in several bands from a couple of different states. I mean, some of these you could find if you really search, but there are a lot of bands called some of these things now, so I I can't say with certainty that you would easily find the ones that I was in, but I was in, you know, a band called Choices Made. I was in a band called Seraphim. I was in a band called No Restraint, uh, which is a little more recent. I was in a band called Acid Battery, which is also a little more recent. Um, and that's just a few. So... Uh, if anyone is actually truly curious about that, there is some music from me online. So if you DM me, I, I can send you links, make it a little bit easier. Well, Let me ask um, you this: Let me let me add to that, not sure. to
0: because you listed a, a a few bands. I think you know definitely more than five, less than maybe ten. But yeah, uh, and this is not to disparage any of those bands that you spend time with. But if you had to pick one band that you feel uh, uh encapsulates the best of your talent or or whatever it may be, um, what would you say? Where where, where would you point? People to go to.
1: I, I would definitely, and, and it's interesting because it's probably the least like some of those things I touched on as far as like the styles of music I like. But I, the band Seraphim, and I do believe I I, I think in one Pod Boys I How mentioned that. How do you spell that? S e r a p h i m. And like I said, there are a, a handful of bands called that on Spotify. But the record you can search for, which would make it easier, is called "The Light in the Distance." That is the uh, the the one that I'm most proud of, and it's also the last thing I recorded with the band, and uh, that was in 2010, I believe. That is very like I play drums in that, and it's a very the songs are very long. It's very gloomy and emotional. It kind of goes all over the place uh, musically. Some of it's very heavy, some of it's very soft. Uh, so I think it does sort of, I, mean, I guess it's fair to say that it sort of shows you a lot of different sides uh, of my interest. And I do think it is, a, I think the record sounds great and I'm I'm very proud of those songs. So I would, I'd probably point people in, in that direction. You could also, um, I would say if you want to hear the, one of the stranger things that I've done, I would point them to Acid Battery and that's A-S-I-D-B-A-T-E-R-I. That is on uh, Spotify and Bandcamp. Uh, I don't know if all of it's on Spotify, actually, I think only, only one thing might be, but Bandcamp you can find both releases. And, uh, I, I, if I tried to explain that on this podcast, I don't think I'd do a very good job. Um, is very, is very, uh, bizarre music hmm. that I don't think Botter has even heard. Uh, and I did that with some, uh, I did that in Jacksonville. So Botter actually knows some people that were in that band with me. Um, so definitely, yeah, check those out. And if you want to hear some of the other ones I mentioned, you know, like I said, shoot me a DM, I'll send you some links. Okay. All right. Oh, oh, and there's one more part to answer. Sorry, uh Rick. I don't think your name's actually Rick Moranis. Uh do I still keep up with current hardcore or or am I a certified old ed? I definitely still keep up. I listen to a lot of current bands. I, I went to I went to some shows this year. You know, I I, I didn't go to as, as many because of, of COVID, but I did go to a few. And uh yeah, I definitely still keep up.
0: Good stuff. All right, this next question comes from Thomas Bishop. They write, if the series were to end what would you want the final episode to be like?
1: This is a hard question, Thomas. And I know I've said that about a lot of these, uh, but my default answer, and it's just because I think it is so perfect. Um, several years ago, they asked Al Jean, and this is before Disney owned the owned the Simpsons. Uh, they said, if you were to end the show, what do you think the perfect ending would be? And he said something that I found so incredible that I, I, I've just, I haven't been able to forget it. And anytime I hear this question, this is immediately where my brain goes. Al Jean said that if it were up to him, he would end the show, the final episode would end with them getting in the car to go to the Christmas pageant that's at the beginning of episode one, which would make the entire show a wow. giant loop. Uh, wow. and I just thought that was so profound. Like I was like, wow, like, making the show this like this thing that is like continuous. Like I think that would really make the show feel like it just like this never ending loop. Um, and I think that would be really, really great. I mean, think about that. Like heady. Think about that. Like the last episode ends on a Christmas and at the, you know, the whole episodes about Bart having this pageant. I mean, it kind of writes itself. Bart has this pageant to get ready for. He's not taking it seriously. And the episode ends with them heading to the pageant. Um, And I mean, I think there's just something so special about that idea. And I don't know if they were like, yo, Al, you got to save this. But I swear after he said that and after he was quoted saying that I had a hard time finding that article for a long time. So something leads me to believe maybe you can find it now. Something leads me to believe that they were like, Al, that's way too good. You got to get that off the Internet. Hmm. We need to actually save that idea. So if that ends up happening, if The Simpsons does end uh, in our lifetime, which who knows if it will at this point. Uh, if that's how the show ends, I want I just want you to know Al said that like five years ago. So uh Al, one of the best to ever do it. Uh and I think that idea is just brilliant.
0: Wow, that is mind blowing. That yeah. is that's some cool stuff. I, I love that
1: that answer. And so I don't think I could come up with anything better than that.
0: Hard. All right. Well, they always say, you know, you save the best for last. So let's see if Chris Vamos uh brings the heat with this last question we got here. Um, Chris writes, Hey man, for the show, I've always been really curious about the show's international audience. In particular, it seems like classic Simpsons is disproportionately popular in Australia as compared to other predominantly English speaking countries. Why might that be? Am I making this up or is this a real thing? So I,
1: and the reason I, I and I do have some, I did have some standby questions in case we didn't go long enough because I wanted to try to get to all of them, but I, I stopped on this one because I was like, there's no way we answer more than this. And it looks like I timed it sort of right. Uh, I don't know how long what we're on right now, Botter.
0: Where are we at? 126. Yeah. An hour I didn't, 26.
1: Yeah. Well, see, we're at an hour and a half. I didn't want to keep everybody for all, all night. So it looks like I timed this absolutely perfectly. So uh, I'll take some applause, Botter, if you want to hit that. Oh, come on,
0: man. All for you, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I just want to say, you know, I, I hit it totally <laughs> on the head. Thank you. you, man. Thank you so much. Uh, so yeah, it looks like we were right on the money. So if I didn't answer your question, I I do want to apologize. Uh, we'll we'll do another one soon. I promise you, I'm actually going to bring these back and not let it be eight months before we do another one. Um, but I thought this was really cool question from Chris and I I wasn't actually sure if I could answer it because you know, that it's, it's a tough question and I know he was probably more just trying to prompt discussion. So I did a little research and I even, you know, asked some people that I know, From Australia if they had any insight into this. And they said stuff very similar to what I I wrote down here. So there was a Reddit post from about five years ago where someone essentially said the same thing. They were like, this might be weird, but I swear every time I meet someone from Australia, you know, they seem to know a lot about the Simpsons. They seem very well versed in the popular episodes. They know all the quotes. And, you know, maybe it's a coincidence, but I feel like it just happens too often to be a coincidence. Does anyone know why this is? That's essentially what the post said. And uh, these were a couple comments that I that I that I saved that I thought answered it well, and like I said, they lined up with other things I was told. So it does offer some some interesting insight. And you can also, I will say, uh, there was an article. If you search uh, Simpson's popularity by country, there's a couple articles that come up that were pretty interesting. But hmm. I couldn't find a lot about Australia. So these two comments said. Uh, and I'll give them credit in case they somehow hear this uh, cats and everyone's pants, which is a great uh, Reddit username. They said maybe because we literally had nothing else to watch, like only five channels or something for the longest time. And the Simpsons was always on free to air TV. That's something else I heard other people talk about free to air TV. You didn't have to pay and Channel 10 would play it every day and sometimes twice because at Channel 10, we've got nothing else. So to answer your question, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, it sounds like it was on all the time mm. and that that really informed a lot of their fandom. So uh, the next comment, this uh, Louvrovlots, which I cannot pronounce, Louvrovlots, Uh they said the Simpsons was repeated a lot in our country. But during 93-94, we got nothing but repeats of the first four seasons until 95 when we finally got season five, while America was already in the middle of season six or possibly even near the end. Hmm. After that, the show became Network 10's number one hit program for well over two decades until it finally stopped in 2011. The constant repeats, I mean, not the show. By then, it was a way of life for most of us who grew up watching it. So it seems like Australia, maybe even more so than a lot of countries... We're just constantly showing it on TV. Like, obviously, it hit syndication pretty early for a lot of countries, and it was probably showed a lot. I've heard similar stuff about the UK, but it seems like in Australia, it was one of the most watched things um, on the main network, or, you know, it being on free to air TV where a lot of people didn't want to pay. I also heard from a friend, uh, Nadine. Uh, who lives in Australia, that there were a lot of ads on Channel 10 for it. So even though you didn't pay for Channel 10, they were used in the advertisements in combination with it being on free-to-air TV. So hmm. it seems like there was just a lot of exposure. And I've talked about before how Australia had a lot of really interesting Simpsons merchandise. A lot of stuff came out of Australia. Um, they were really big on sports. A lot of the packaging had Bart playing you know, uh, various sports, football, uh well soccer but football as it is properly known and stuff like that so australia has some of the more interesting and cool color schemes and and merchandise from the 90s so it seems like they just had a totally i wouldn't say a unique experience but that it was just you know wildly popular in in a few different ways so i thought that was really interesting
0: i wonder if this this sounds kind of like similar to um at least my experience growing up and i'm pretty sure a lot of other um american uh kids too growing up watching dragon ball z where it was those early season, especially like the Frieza saga was repeated like way too many times. Like you'd get to a certain episode and it would repeat the whole season. And it felt like two years in a row before we got a new one. So it sounds kind of similar to that. It does. That that
1: does make sense. And I do think that's Hmm. probably why. So, uh, anyone listening that, I mean, if, if I have some Australian listeners who are on this episode right now, if you have some more insight, I think it's cool. Uh, or actually, you know what? I'll take it a step further. Uh, if you're from a country that is not America, uh, send me some insight into your experience watching the show and how often it was aired. Uh, I think that's something that'd be cool to do an episode about. I mean, I would love to hear like you know why you found the show, like how how you discovered it in your country, and uh, if it was a situation like this where it just played on TV a lot. Um, I think it'd be cool to, um, to 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 hear that from people, and I think you know that's something that. Maybe doesn't, you know, other than a couple articles I found, I don't see it talked about a lot. So I think it'd be cool to touch on
0: that. It'd be fun. That's a solid question. Yeah. Really That's good. A really good one, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, again, you know, I'm sorry if I didn't get to your question. I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm always a little surprised. You know, I like, I expect people that listen to the show uh, to have some questions they want to ask me, but also, you know, I try to respond to people. So sometimes I get DMs and I, I talk to these people about this sort of thing anyway, but I like being able to take an episode to really sit down and discuss it not only just with you and a message but with Botter in person and just have a little more you know someone else sort of share that conversation with me and it seems like you guys enjoy listening to these and if you don't tough shit because you're <laughs> listening to it right now anyway uh, so that's where we yeah, that's are that's what you got
0: this week you gotta make it work that's what you
1: got this week but uh, Botter you know lastly I want to say you know thanks for coming on with me yeah, as always and I would like for you before we scoot out of here uh, and go get something to eat which is Yo, what we're about to
0: Indian do food Indian name. food is calling our name
1: Indian food is calling our name I want you to sort of plug Short box and tell people where to find you. If for some reason this is the first time they've heard one of these or your wonderful voice,
0: yeah, word. All right, so if you are a fan uh, of comic books, um, you know whether it be comic books, uh, the books themselves, uh, TV shows, movies, etc., or just pop culture in general, and you still feel like, man, I have not found the best comic book podcast yet, let me do you a favor and point you in the right direction. Go to your favorite podcast app, search for the Short Box a Comics podcast, hit subscribe, and you'll be able to hear me every week alongside my crew. Uh, We do uh, spotlights on characters, in-depth reviews on comic books. Uh, We do reviews on movies and TV shows, as well as um, having some of the best comic creators um, in the world on the show to be interviewed, as well as giving you uh, uh, some great entertainment recommendations in the podcast, uh, I'm sorry, in the pop culture world that you might not get anywhere else. So check out the Short Box, a comics podcast on your favorite podcast app.
1: Yeah, and not only that, but I, you know, if, if some of you didn't see my post, I was just on there recently talking about radioactive man. Uh, which I thought was a really fun episode, even though I almost ruined Shortbox forever. But we won't get into that. Uh,
0: but no, it <laughs> was a stellar episode, and I actually had the correct drop and not up and at them. So <laughs> you can hear uh, Bart deliver that message on the Radioactive Man episode. Yeah, everyone, everyone, go do that. Uh, as for all of you, if you have any questions or comments, you can
1: email me at SimpsonsIsGreat at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, like I said earlier, consider leaving me a review on Apple or you know honestly anywhere that accepts reviews. But Apple helps me climb the ranks. And, and like Botter said, there's now on Spotify, you can hmm. go leave one on there. Uh, go leave me five stars. Or I mean, if you want to leave me four stars, that's fine. But I, I, I won't like you as much. So do whatever you want. Uh, you can follow the official Instagram account at Simpsons is greater than or on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram or Twitter. And I'm sure that you will find it. As for me and as for Botter, I'll see you next week. Peace.
0: And don't tell me to shush, you stupid lady.